0: Thank you so much for joining us online today at Christ Covenant Church. We hope you sense God's presence and are encouraged by the message. Now, here's Pastor Ryan Weems. All right, back to our series. You can turn to Luke chapter 2, verse 8. And as you're turning there, I want to kind of catch you up uh, light speed on what we've been going through and really... The last couple of weeks, we've been looking at the OG Christmas. By that, I mean the original Christmas story. And and I'm trying to get you to see it like it's the first time. Uh, One of the big problems with this season and with the Christmas story is that we get too familiar with it. And not only that, but you got all the Christmas carols and all the Christmas movies. And we're not against any of that stuff. But the problem comes whenever we see uh, the Christmas story just kind of as this fairy tale. Just this is made up picture perfect thing but it but it wasn't picture perfect uh, here's what I've been telling you. The first Christmas wasn't picture perfect, but it was powerful. And so God did so many miracles in the middle of that story. And so we're trying to see it with fresh eyes and fresh vision. In week one, uh, my title of the sermon, you can check it out on demand on YouTube or podcast wherever you listen to them. But week one title was, This Is Not What I Expected. And we went through how Mary and Joseph learned that they were the chosen ones to bring Jesus into the world. and I broke it down just kind of like it was us, like think about it, you're engaged and you're planning your wedding day, you're picking out your colors and the flowers, you're thinking about your new life together and then all of a sudden angels come to you and say you're the chosen ones to bring the savior of the world into the world, Like, like it was not what they expected and we walked through all of that and we talked about how it was okay because God said that he would overshadow them. And it's not a bad thing when God overshadows you, it's actually a really, really good thing. And at the very end of week one, we looked at Mary's response back to God after she heard all of this, that she was gonna conceive and give birth to a son and his name was gonna be Jesus. She looked back to the Lord and said, let it be. Now, some of y'all, when I say that, you think about that Beatles song? Well, they stole it from Mary. She was the first one to say that. And what she was saying was, God, even though this is not what I expected, let it be done as you say, because your ways are better and your thoughts are higher than mine. That was week one. And then week two, last week, my title was The Nightmare Before Christmas. And we talked about how Jesus actually being born was like the worst birthing story ever for Mary and Joseph. Like it was bad. Ladies, think about what Mary went through. She was eight to nine months pregnant and she had to go on a road trip for four days riding on a donkey. Like it was not good. Not only that, but when they got to Bethlehem, there was no holiday inns open. Everything was booked, no Airbnbs. And so she had to give birth to Jesus, the savior of the world in a stable, maybe even a cave, like a hole in this, just kind of cut into a rock. Like it wasn't pretty. It wasn't picture perfect. Not only that, but they didn't have a bassinet or a crib for Jesus when he was born. They had a manger. And we've made that cute. And we we think about it as rustic, you know, in our time. But it was dirty. It was nasty. A manger back then was a feeding trough for animals. How many y'all know that like kids don't eat in like a clean way? Animals don't either. Okay. So it was gross. It was messy. It was really disgusting. And yet that's where the savior of the world was put to sleep, to rest. And we went through that story and really the big takeaway last week. And if you haven't heard that message, I'd encourage you to watch it or listen to it. I think it's a message that will really bring hope to you this Christmas season. But the big takeaway last week and and really the big idea was God's biggest miracles usually come wrapped in big problems. And so if you have a big problem in your life, perfect, because God does his best work even in the middle of our mess. And so that's a quick recap for you. And then today in week three, here's my title if you take notes in church. Today we're going to talk about the big reveal. The big reveal. And again, Luke chapter 2 verse 8 is where we're going to see Jesus' announcement to the world, the big reveal. I'm going to read on the NIV and here's what it says. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flock's At night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy. That word great actually uh, can be translated a lot better to mega. So I bring you mega joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you that you're going to find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly, that's a good preacher word right there. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, and we sang this earlier, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And so they hurried off and they found Mary and they found Joseph and there was the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And by the way, when, when you experience something like this too supernatural, you can't shut up about it either. It was powerful, and they had to tell everyone. Verse 18, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, and they glorified and praised God for all the things they had heard and seen which were just as they had been told. I want you to bow your heads with me and close your eyes. God, thank you for your word. Your word is powerful. And yes, this story has got so much in it, but God, I pray that we would never forget that it is a real story. It is history. It is not some pop-up book fairy tale. It actually happened. And so I pray, God, for those that are brand new to church, brand new to the preaching of your word. I pray, God, that you'd bring fresh revelation. I pray, Lord, that not only would we read your word, but we invite your word to read us, to apply it to our everyday lives. And, God, I also pray for the seasoned saint in this room and the many rooms online watching. I pray even for them, especially for them, that they would see this like it's the first time that we wouldn't gloss over the details because the details matter, that even now, God, you would begin to paint a picture on the canvas of our mind and our hearts of what really went down and, again, how we can apply it to our lives. And, God, I pray the same thing. I've been praying for a while now, that, God, you would speak to me and through me for your people. And so I pray, God, for every single person every single family in this service. I pray, God, that they would not even just hear from me, but they would hear from you. Holy Spirit, you are so good, so powerful, so epic, that you can speak a different word to multiple people at the exact same time. So do your work and speak to hearts, and I pray, God, that many would come home to know you in this service. God, thank you that we have hope in you. We give you glory and we give you honor. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, and if you believe it, would you say amen? Come on, would you say amen? The big reveal. You know, uh, for whatever reason in our culture, in the same way, and I talked about this last week, but in the same way that, that we script and we plan uh, the birth of our children I mean, people are planning out the, the color and lighting in the room and not just the, the outfits that the baby's going to wear home, but even what mom and dad are going to wear home and all the pictures and all the different things that happen. Not only in our culture is that scripted, but how many all know it's a big deal how you reveal the gender of your baby in our culture? Like, it's a big deal. Like, there's some crazy stuff that people do to reveal if they're having a boy. girl. In fact, I think it's gotten a little bit too crazy and a little bit too competitive. In fact, uh, I've read stories about people uh, really putting together bombs to make something explode into color. Uh, I've heard stories of people doing these crazy things with planes and and the plane actually crashed and killed some people. Uh, I even read about a family here in Houston That they had this idea that we're gonna make this big dartboard and we're gonna have these balloons on the dartboard and people from during that reveal are gonna throw darts at it and when it pops, it's gonna unleash this color. And maybe you're thinking that's not too bad. Why are you talking about it, pastor? Here's why. Because somebody in that party for that reveal missed the dartboard horribly and actually hit a lady in her ankle and the dart got stuck in her ankle and she had to go to the emergency room. It's not a good reveal. It's gotten a little little crazy. In fact, my my wife and I, uh, I, I love I love my job and my calling as a pastor it's not all easy but it but it's a lot of fun i mean what we're getting to do today is so much fun and so grateful for it Uh, but there's also some heaviness and and so sometimes i I get home and once we get get the kids down for bed my wife and i i know it's not spiritual but we we like it as we'll just search on youtube for some funny videos just to laugh a little bit and uh, you can judge me all you want but we like that and a lot of times we love the videos where somebody's getting hurt you know just uh, something about it and so we've come across uh, some vin- videos that were gender reveal fails. And uh, they were the reveals that I'm talking about that they didn't go according to plan. And so I put a few together. They made us laugh. I can see you right now. You need to laugh a little bit. And so check out this quick video. pitch. Okay. How many of you knew he was going to fall off that? As soon as you saw it, you're like, I know it's coming. Uh, those are some reveal failures, some epic fails. And I want you to laugh a little bit today, and that's, that, that's good for your heart, it's good for your soul. Uh, but really, what I want to do, the main goal today, is I want to rally us around the original reveal of Jesus. We left off in verse 7 last week and of course we started in verse 8 today and and we get a snapshot, a glimpse of how the world came to know that Jesus was the savior of the world that he had been born and with Jesus birth it's not an epic fail at all it's a huge success and it's going to bring you a lot of hope today in fact i don't got a real complicated message it's very very simple but i think god's going to use it to help you and here's what i think is so fascinating about the big reveal with jesus like if i was writing this story and i was letting the world know about jesus being born the savior of the world i don't know about you but for me if i'm writing the story i'm going to make sure that all the kings knew first i'm going to royalty and i'm letting them know hey you think you're a king but the king of kings was just born. That's what I would do. If I was writing the story, I would have gone to the politicians, the governors, and the mayors. Hey, you think you're something? Just wait, because Jesus, the one true God, he is born. And honestly, just to be real, be real, real truthful, I'm going to Caesar, because Caesar actually told people that he was the savior of the world. So I'm going to Caesar, hey, you think you're something special? Yeah, you're on those coins and you think you got it all, but the real Savior has been born. I'm going to maybe even pastors and letting them know, hey, you got to tell the church people, you got to let them know that the Savior has been born, but that's not what God does. The big reveal of the Savior of the world, who did he go to first? We read it. He goes to random shepherds. That's not how I'm writing it, but God knows best. He knows better than us. And he goes to some shepherds to let them hear the good news first. And and I want you to make this personal. So for the many in this room that have kids like my wife and I, I want you to think about when you realize, husbands, when you realize your wife was pregnant, think about this. You waited a little bit, maybe, but think about who you told first that your wife was pregnant. I can guarantee you, you didn't tell random people at Walmart. If you did, you need to see a doctor, okay? You went to close family, close friends. We got people in this house, even in this service today, that you struggled with infertility for years and, and you had people that are praying for you, so you went to them, right? That's what you did, that's, that's normal. Not only that, but when you do one of those gender reveals, you're you're not inviting strangers, right? You, you got your family, your friends, your close friends that are there. But again, that's not what God does here. He goes to random shepherds. So the question that I want you to kind of struggle with a little bit today is, is why? If he knows best and his ways are better, his thoughts are higher, why did he not go to kings? Why did he not go to governors? Why did he not go to Caesar? Why did he not go to priests? Why did he go first to make the big reveal to these shepherds? And, and so I've investigated that. I've studied that this last week. And, and here's something that I found out a few things about shepherds that I thought was fascinating, interesting. You see, shepherds during that time period, they were the blue collar workers, blue collars, like, like they, had, they had dirt underneath their fingernails. Not only that, as we study this passage, we find out that these shepherds uh, that, that he was, uh, the angels came to, they were working the graveyard shift, uh, we probably got some people in this church, right? That, I know my mom and dad, uh, for years, they, they worked a graveyard shift. That, that ain't easy. That's the shift that nobody wants, and that's what's happening here. Uh, not only that, but in my study of this passage in history this last week, I found out that shepherds were at the bottom of the culture back then. So not only were they blue-collar workers dirt under their fingernails, not only was it the graveyard shift, they actually were the bottom of the food chain, so to speak. They did the job that no one else wanted to do. It had to be done, but no one else wanted to do it. Not only that, and this was brand new to me, the shepherds during that time period, they actually had a bad reputation. I read this last week that the reputation was so bad that they were, this is crazy, they were not even allowed to give testimony in court. Every shepherd. There was no exception. So literally, this is what this means. They could see a crime, like firsthand, eyewitness of it, and yet they could not testify in court. That's how bad their reputation was. And so again, just wrestle with that for a moment. Why shepherds? Some of you may know this about shepherds during that day, but because of the very work that they did with animals and there'd be animals that they would found like were killed by wolves and all that kind of stuff, Because of their work, they were ceremonially unclean, which means that they were not even, or not just exempt from culture. They couldn't even go to the church to worship. So why? Why them? Why would God go to the outcast? Why would God go to those that are overlooked? Why would God choose the shepherds to make the big reveal Two, why? And I'm here to tell you why today. is because God cares about the outcast. God cares about the overlooked. God cares about the blue collar workers, not just the white collar, y'all. He loves everyone. And so yeah, he could have went to a king and yeah, he could have went to a governor. Yeah, he could have went to the pastors, but intentionally on purpose. God went to the lowest of the low. Why? Because maybe you're here today and you feel like the lowest of the low. And if that's true, I got good news for you. Other people may overlook you, but God will never overlook you. He loves you. I'll preach all day and twice on Sunday, y'all. That is great news. What did it say? For all people, not just those that got it Altogether, not just those that have been in the church for a long time, it's everybody. Great news for all people, so make this personal. It doesn't matter how dirty you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. Maybe you're here today and, and you feel Unworthy people make this joke all the time you know you invite them to church like well I can't go to that church building because the the ceiling the roof is going to cave in on me if they say that to you just tell them this you know what I got my own issues and it hasn't caved in on me yet so you won't be okay but maybe you feel unworthy maybe you feel not good enough not trusted, that's how the shepherds were. Maybe there's so much guilt and condemnation that you carry. You need to know that God sees you, God knows you, God loves you and he's got a big epic announcement and reveal for you. Today, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. So Jesus is revealed to the shepherds and this is epic moment, it's awesome. And what did they do? They go find baby Jesus. They hear the word of God and they follow the instructions and they find baby Jesus in that manger and they find Mary and Joseph. And what do the shepherds do? They share everything that God said. Everything. Remember, when you get great news like that, when you encounter something supernatural, you can't shut up about it. You'll tell everybody, even that random person, you'll tell them all. And so they're telling Mary and Joseph, hey, this is what we saw. This is what they said. I mean, can you imagine like what they, like that's that's a reason why they were terrified. It's one thing for one angel to show up, but a whole like army of angels, like, like, like that, that that's that's incredible. They tell Mary and Joseph, they encourage them, tell everybody else. And, and here's what I want you to see. And this is really profound to me. But, ladies, especially, but guys, you can try your best to relate to this. But, ladies, especially, think about the state that Mary is in when the shepherds show up eight to nine months pregnant, all that travel, all that stuff, all alone, ain't no family there. It's not what she expected, not what she had planned. Wasn't a dream scenario. And she has just given birth, she is exhausted it's like a real story. it's not some pop-up book it's a real story. You could only imagine that she still got some questions and I wasn't there just like you were not there, but just being a real human like she was, like she's got some questions that can, some concerns and she's holding out hope and all of that and so there she is exhausted and then these shepherds come and again, what do they do? They encourage her about what God, has said and I think it's very clear in the text that's exactly what she needed what did we read she treasured these things in her heart she needed it she pondered on these things in fact here's just the one big thought today that when you don't understand what you see you've got to remember what God has said he's still a baby and She's exhausted, she's tired, she's holding out hope. And it's not a coincidence that the shepherds come and they encourage her. So some of you are in that season right now. It's like, yeah, what you see is not good right now. It's, it's the doctor's report, the pain in your relationships, marriage falling apart, family falling apart, finances in disarray. What well, you see it doesn't it doesn't look good right now, but you need to go back to what God has said that he has never left you. Everybody looking at me right now. He has never left you. He will never leave you. He is for you, not against you. Other people may overlook you or disregard you. That's not God. He loves you so much. He cares for you. In fact, I'll take it even a step further. It's not a coincidence that you're here today. Well, my friend invited me. My friend, you know, they bribed me with lunch, Pastor. That's cool. You know what? I tell them to do that. Do whatever you gotta do. Whatever you gotta do. You think it's just because a friend invited you or just because you randomly saw some post on social media or you saw the sign driving by. It's not a coincidence. God set it all up for this moment that you be reminded that yeah, what you see, I know it's not pretty. I know it's scary. It looks more like a dream or more like a nightmare and less like a dream. I get all of that. But you go back to what God has said. And here's my encouragement for you as I get ready to pray. If you wanna know what God has said, you just look to the good book, the word of God. When you don't understand what you see, remember what God has said. Go back to the word of God. Remember what he said because every word, hear me friend, every word that you need is in this book. Every word that you need. Need direction? The word is a lamp under my feet. Need inspiration? The Bible is the inspired perfect word of God. Need truth? The word is truth. Need wisdom? It's right here in every single page. Need guidance, it's here. Need encouragement, it's here. Need a new purpose, it's found in these pages. We need the Bible every single day. Why, Pastor? Because we need all of that that I just talked about every single day. So just like Mary, go back to what God has said go back to the promises go back to what you heard a couple months back go back to that message that really spoke to you all those years ago God is with you and he wants to reveal himself to you he loves you he loves you I want you to bow your heads with me close your eyes Jesus thank you it's not a coincidence that they're here it's not happenstance it's not dumb luck it's none of that Lord You saw them before they got here. You see them now. Reminded of what your word says about them, that you know every hair on their head. You think about them more than all the sand on every beach in the world. They are on your mind. They are on your heart. And Jesus, you truly are the reason for the season. And I just pray, and I've been praying that many would come to know you, not a religious thing, not, hey, here's my checklist. No, 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 that they would just come to you just as they are, like the shepherds, maybe dirty, outcast, lowest of the low, feel unworthy. That they would come to you just like they are and know that you don't see them that way, that you love them, that you care for them that you came to this earth on a rescue mission, not to save and heal the well person, but to save and heal the sick. And that's us. We are all sick without you in need of a savior. I wanna encourage you right now, friend, in this room and online, that you couldn't get to God. That's the bad news. But the good news is, it's because you couldn't get to him, he came to you. And he didn't stay a baby forever. He grew up and he lived a life without sin. And he died on that old rugged cross. But he didn't stay dead. I'm talking Easter. Three days later, he rose from the dead and he is alive forevermore. And all of that is great news and should cause you not just great joy, but mega joy. That even sinners like us, God has the power to save us, to forgive us, to heal us, no matter what we've done, no matter who we are. I'll just be real with you. If, if that's true for me, and it is, it is definitely true for you. so in this holy moment, you can surrender your life to Jesus. Again, there's not a checklist. It's not, hey, do these five things and then you can be forgiven. It's you surrendering your life to Jesus. He has already done the work for you. He's already done it. So just like a gift, you just receive salvation. So here's how you do that. Very, very simple. Here's how you receive. There's a book in the Bible. We've read out of Luke today. There's another book in the Bible, Romans And in Romans chapter 10, verse nine, it says this, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so you just put your belief in Jesus, your trust in him, and you confess that he is your God. And right now you can do that all across this room and all across the other rooms online, you can do that you can just whisper to him right now. Just whisper it. Jesus, I put my belief and trust in you. I believe you are who you say you are and I believe you have the power to save me. And Jesus, I confess right now, you are my God. You're my Lord, which means you reign over my life, that you call the shots from this day forward, that I don't ask you to follow me, I follow you. You're my Lord. Whisper this to him, but Jesus, you're also my savior to save me from my sin, to clean me up from the inside out. I thank you, God, for saving me. I thank you, God, for rescuing me. And I thank you that you have changed my life. It's what you're doing right now. God, I thank you so much. It's why this church exists, to reach people that are far from you, Lord to see them grow in their faith. Thank you, God, for those that are committing their life to you for the very first time, or maybe first time in a long time. They just wanted a fresh commitment. Encourage them right now, God, that this is not the final step in their spiritual journey, their relationship with you. It's not the last step. It's actually the first step. And you wanna keep growing them. And that's why getting a part of a church is so important and reading their Bible and praying. And we wanna help them on all of that, God. So thank you. This is the first step many to come. God, thank you for what you've done today. It's all about you, Jesus. You are the reason for the season. We give you all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening today. If you made a decision for Jesus Christ or if your life has been impacted in any way, please send us an email at info at ChristCove.net. We would love to hear your story. And for those that committed your life to Christ, we want to help you on your new journey by sending our free Start Bible Kit in the mail. If you'd like to partner with us financially, simply click on the Give tab at ChristCove.net. There it will take you to a safe and secure page where you can set up a one-time or recurring gift to help us accomplish our vision, heaven full and hell empty. And as always, you can find out more about Christ's covenant on our website or on Facebook or Instagram at ChristCoveHouston.